Metalworking Nation, you probably know Zometry as a digital platform where you can get custom manufacturing on demand with instant quotes. But let me tell you about something new. Now you can source high volume projects directly from Zometry suppliers. Do you have a higher volume CNC sheet, die casting, or metal printing project? Do you need to get multiple quotes from different vendors and you have time to wait to get them? Now you can get many quotes directly from the Zometry network suppliers. You have total control. You name your target price, your target lead time, and you directly communicate with suppliers to get the best deal. This is a new way to source bigger jobs different from instant quoting. You can upload your 2D or 3D files. So it's more than just instant quoting from Zometry. You can source high-volume projects directly from the Zometry suppliers. Check it out at Zometry.com. That's X-O-M-E-T-R-Y.com. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nick Golner and Jim Carr. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing I'm doing well. great. Just wait till the good news. There Happy we go. Thursday. It feels good to be here in Rockford in our headquarters and seeing our entire team out those glass doors, yeah. working hard at creating new marketing strategies for our manufacturing customers and giving them all these great ideas. It just feels good. And there's smiles on their faces that I can see under the masks. Yes, they are all wearing masks over there in that room. We are in a global pandemic. So I have a, qu- I have a question for you guys. Yeah, you ahead. know, they just announced that the vaccine is out. Are you guys going to get the vaccine? on? I mean, you just be like, sign me up. I'm, I'm there for a vaccine. Are you going to answer the question? No, I'm asking you guys first. But are you going to answer it? Yeah, I'll okay. answer. Are you going to answer it, Nick? I'm not going to get it right away, and I may not get it ever. Okay. Okay. What about you, Jim? Well, you know, it's no secret that I'm older than you guys, so I'm probably a little higher risk. So I have been a little bit conflicted about this. I'm probably going to get it. I'm probably going to get it. Really? Only because it's not more than 90% effective. And I think it, yeah, I'm probably going to get it. You know what the long-term effects are? I've never gotten a flu shot, but... I've never gotten... Well, I, no, I, I did get a flu shot a few times when my wife was pregnant. You probably still got the flu like I did when I got a flu shot. Yeah, right. And so what was the point for me? You know, I don't know. I mean, they say that 99% of people who get COVID recover, you know, without a vaccine. So... I don't understand the push to vaccines. I heard a thing that like, I don't remember, I think it was like Ticketmaster is going to have some kind of like verification process on their app so that you can't even go to a concert unless you have a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. my sister-in-law sent that to me too. For me, I feel the same way I feel about like big news stories. I don't trust any media. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on. I pretty much don't trust it except for making chips because it's us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we know what we're saying. Vaccines are such a polarizing topic. It is really bad. Okay, they're bad for you and it creates all these issues or you're nuts and that's all conspiracy theory and I don't know who to believe. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to continue God. on. Now we're getting political. The, well, the big thing is, is that usually they would test the vaccine for like five, seven, nine years and make sure that they understand the long-term effects of that vaccine before it gets released to the public. You know what I mean? People would sign up to be volunteers to say, okay, I'll be a guinea pig. 
you know, and a lot of laboratory work is done to, you know, first test them on animals like mice and stuff like that. And the question is, can you fast track that in three to six months? I don't know. I'm not a laboratory scientist. I've tried to do it once when I was in college and it wasn't my strong suit, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know when I'm going to get it, but I'll probably get it before you guys. That's all I can say. Can I watch what happens to you for five years before, Absolutely. before I make a decision? I mean, I'm going to die anyway. So That's what I'm going to say. I'm yeah. going to watch Jim for about five years yeah. and see what the vaccine does to him before I make, it, before I make a decision. I'm not saying I'm going to get it, but I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to make... I'm, I just know. don't want to get it. It just... Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Yes, I'm probably going to get it. I'm probably going to get the vaccine. Again, I don't know if it's going to be in 2021 or 2022, but I'm going to get it. I mean, you almost seem excited about it, Jim. Uh, I'm I'm excited for humanity that there's something out there because this has been such a bad thing that we've gone through. So I'm excited for the general population to be. I'm excited. I think. Yeah, the this minute is there's big. A vaccine, things happen in the economy, and things start to open. Well, things American did happen. Airlines went up thirty percent on word of that. Well, you're probably not going to be able to fly without a vaccine. I would assume too. Okay, so so you're going to get it. <laughs> well, you know, I have to be on the road a third of the year. That's why, unfortunately, yeah. the audience doesn't get me on every episode. Right. So yeah. I can't do that to Metalworking Nation. Maybe I have to get the vaccine. Maybe. Well, wait and see. But I mean, if you ask me honestly, I think I probably will be getting it. Well, even though the vaccine is not thoroughly tested to the point that we would all want, maybe it has been thoroughly tested by the scientists, I don't know. It's too soon to tell. I want to talk today about some thoroughly tested leadership principles that you guys have implemented this year during COVID and all of these crazy politics. Wait, thoroughly tested principles that we put into place since... I was kind of joking. I was kind of oh, joking. You just, it was a brilliant segue and you just ruined it. I oh, know, exactly. Minute. He was segueing so good. He, he's, he's worried about like this vaccine that's only been available for a couple months and now he's the thoroughly tested So we're going to talk about principles. We're going to th- we're going to talk about thoroughly tested leadership. Yeah, thoroughly tested principles that you implemented this year into your team in order to positively inspire the rest of Metalworking Nation to say, you know what? I need to do that thing too. And we're yeah. going to talk about that today. Well, they don't have to do it, but I mean, well, we just can, to give people we some ideas. We can inspire them to do that and hopefully they will. Before we go there, Nick, tell us about your amazing news that yes, you've Nick. just been, you know, dying to tell us. You won't believe this. My wife is getting into manufacturing. Oh, wow. Oh, I think you're going to tell us your wife is pregnant. Yeah, she's manufacturing a new baby. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? I am that's dead awesome. Serious. Yeah. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Yay. All right, so, man. That's good. Yeah. Oh, so, awesome. So she finally got her way, huh? Numero yeah, tres, right? She got her way. <laughs> she, she, she can be persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she As, can. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Sure good for you, man. Yeah. Tell a live recording there you go. To tell Love you. it. Hey, there you go. Yeah. And you know what name is still available that my wife would not accept <laughs> for all three of my boys? What name is that, Jim, that I've always won? No, James. not Jim. Not, nope, nope. Not no, Deacon's middle name is James. Oh, that's right. Wolfgang. I think you should name him Wolfgang oh, if it's a boy. I don't see happening. Yeah. No. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I'm. Will you find out? I want a boy because I, my, my youngest is a boy and I want him to have a wrestling partner. Yeah. Yeah, wrestling is fun. We find out like- That's awesome, Nick. I'm really, I genuinely am really happy for you. Thank you. You know what? You're a how, you're young guy, so I think it's good that you're doing it. Like Jason's an old guy. I have another guy. good he's name. A, Jason he's got, he's James got all these Golner. Yeah. J- you call him no. JJ? No. No. But don't have any more. <laughs> I would make an appointment with a urologist right now. So, yeah. you, so we, we don't go down that, that path parenting again. parenting is challenging. Yes, parenting yes, is challenging. It is. <laughs> There's no doubt Wait about it. Wait till they get to but be teenagers. But if you're connected to a community of babysitters. Yes. <laughs>
Oh, that's great, man. That's great news. Yeah. Yeah, good awesome. for you, buddy. That's awesome. So who else has good news? Any manufacturing news? So yes, I do have some manufacturing news, but unfortunately it's not good news and it's really gonna take the wind out of your good news, but it's what it is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it. So this is from Fox News. Oh, I, I read this. A Michigan worker is crushed Ugh. by a twenty five thousand pound Ugh. manufacturing mold. Um, so I'm gonna read from this article. A Michigan plant worker died Tuesday after a 25,000-pound manufacturing mold fell on top of him, authorities said. David Spano, 42, was killed and found beneath a mold Mm. that had fallen from one of the interior walls Mm -hmm. at a plant in Bruce Township, Michigan, located about 40 miles north of Detroit, according to a news release from the Macomb County Sheriff's Office. At this time, the incident appears to be a tragic accident, the sheriff's office said. My condolences to his family if Absolutely. you're listening or anybody else that's related to David. Just very tragic. It's very sad. And as a business owner, a manufacturing business owner, these kind of things always scare the crap out it of me. It hits home. I mean, it it's just it's just manufacturing is a great industry, but like a lot of industries. It's a little riskier. You need to be safe. It's, yeah, it's gotten way better. Oh, it's gotten in the so last much better. Few decades. Yeah, but yet there's obviously there's still risk involved. And but you know what? I think that there's a lot. Okay, so I want to talk about this really quick before we get into the heart of the episode. But like, there's a lot to be said about how this relates to 2020. I don't remember who's the gentleman that that did the dirty jobs, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. So Mike Rowe made a great statement when all of this panic started to happen and people started to not leave their homes. He said, when did our country and the world become a safety first as our value? We're not safety first. If we were safety first, we would never drive. We would never fly. We would never have manufacturing. We would never build buildings. We would never do any of the things that we do all the time and that people really take for granted on a regular basis. Our first value is not safety first. And accidents do happen. But you know what? It's very rare. It's very rare. And just like people dying from COVID is not common. It's happening too much. And it's very tragic when, when a single person dies. But safety first is not our core value as a human race or our, our first core value as a nation. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I hear what you're saying, Jim, as business leaders, it's very important for us to do everything we possibly can do sure. to be safe. We hired a leader in safety that works for both Amy and Hennig for the first time this year. So shout out to John Greenland, if you're listening. Oh, that's but, cool. But yeah, his job is just safety. Like, and and I believe in this. A safer place like, to work. thank goodness for OSHA. You know what I mean? Like, because they put people's lives as one of the very important principles. And, you know, my wife's company is Black Industrial and Safety Supply. Safety is very important to us, too. But what I'm trying to say is it, it's not the first principle when you go to do something. Right. If safety was our first principle, as Mike Rowe articulates it, we would never, we would just never do anything. You know what I mean? Like society would just cease to, you know, take action, you know, and it's never been that way. I mean, even when we didn't have manufacturing, people were, you know, hunting animals every day to to eat. I mean, there was a danger there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to commend you for hiring a person into that role at AME Henning. What, what is what is their official title? I think like director of safety or something like that. That's cool. You know what that's got to be really good is when a new OEM big customer, when you're trying to court a new client and you tell them that you have somebody in that role, that really means a lot. Right. I immediately thought of that because a lot of the big companies want safety first. Yep. And I, I commend you for implementing that 
structure into your business because I genuinely believe that most big corporations want to work with vendors that have safety Absolutely. first and guidelines. Also, there's huge implications for insurance. So right. Oh yeah. Of course. First and foremost, we want to take care of our people and give them a great working environment. Beautiful. Secondly, it's awesome. When, when you're getting your audits done for insurance every year, yep. you know, they look at that. Very true. Well, we do safety PPE audits. So if you want our help to come out and do an audit, that could be one thing that he could check off his list without him having to do it himself. So then I can get my wrist slapped by someone on your team. Yeah, there you go. I always forget to put my glasses on when I walk through the shop. I got to stop doing that. Let's have a discussion. So as I mentioned before, I want to talk about just what positive difference have you implemented into your company from a leadership perspective during this unprecedented and crazy year? I think that you know we have a lot to learn from 2020 and to, from this pandemic. And although I think that the pendulum is going to start coming back, we're never going back to 2019. As we mentioned on our episode with with Peter what Eelman, do you mean we're never going back well, to 2019. In what capacity? Just like we're never going back to you know the 1990s. Technology has changed. People's priorities have changed. Oh, we've shifted. And we've we've shifted, and yeah. we've learned a lot this year. And trade shows where you're physically in person with each other, that should come back. But we're not going to go full virtual. So the question is, what can we learn from this year? What did we implement into our leadership that? was a positive improvement that I want to that I want to hear from you guys. So that's what I want to talk about. So I would say from our perspective one of the things that's really heightened in our company and we talk about this a lot on making chips is our core values. So I think that our core values have become really front and center just due to the pandemic? Just due to the pandemic. And let me let me explain that a little why bit. Why would so, your core values, and I'm not, I'm not arguing no, I with understand. you, I just want to understand why your core values became front and center in a pandemic. Yeah, no, and let me explain that to you. So our core values are do be go life. So do the right thing, be dependable, go above and beyond as life is great. So we really saw those values come out more in our people this year. So mm. as an example, doing the right thing. So doing the right thing has always been to us usually doing the right thing by our clients. So always doing the honest and ethical thing, always doing what we should be doing for our clients, which believe it or not, is not really prevalent in my industry as much as it should be. But what really came out this year with doing the right thing was everybody just kind of stepping up to help each other. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of situations where people had to work from home and people still had to come into the office. And without me having to tell people what to do, everybody just stepped up and did the right thing. And they were able to say, okay, I'm going to do this for you. And then the other person said, I'm going to do this for you in order to help you out in this situation. And things just kind of came together. And I feel like if I hadn't hired the right people on the team who carried that value, it would have been up to me to say, okay, now you do this and you do that. And you do, I mean, I never had to do any of those things. My mm -hmm. people just stepped up and they did the right thing by each other in order to make each other comfortable during the pandemic. Because some people didn't want to come in the office and some people were okay with coming into the office. Jim, we still needed to serve you in a very seamless manner. And this goes, goes back to being dependable because you never stopped working. 
So no. we wanted to make sure. We I mean, were really, I have, I hate to say it, the pandemic really didn't affect. It didn't affect you. And you were busy. Yeah. And you were busy, Jim. And that's great. And a lot of our clients were also like this. But what I needed you to see was that there was a dependability and a seamlessness to the way that we served you. And that came together because my people were doing the right thing by each other. And so mm-hmm. that's what I mean by our values. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I had different people on my team or if I hadn't established our core values, like we talk about all the time on this show, I would have had the wrong people on the team and we would have had a lot more heartache and probably not served our customers at the high level that we expect to do. So that's what I'm talking about when when I say that our core values really just heighten themselves during this pandemic. Does that make sense yeah. now? Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's how you articulated it. And that's great. I commend you for all that. But those are definitely not my reasons why. Mine, I put three and then I put is the headers. So security, I think we learned about security of our facility more. I think we implemented a lot of security things. What what do you mean by that? Mitigating anybody coming into our facility that could be sick by implementing when you come to car, you have to- You take my temperature now. I do. And there's a sign in. We have an iPad right in the vestibule. When you come in and you have to sign off, rather than if you've been in a hot zone, if you've had a temperature, have you been feeling sick? And then it flags you right away. So, and it's a, I like your system and it's a very simple it's system. Simple. You, you have that, like, it's like attached to an iPad, right? It's attached to an iPad and then it sends us, whoever you're there, that person is there to see, it sends a text message and an email to that person right away. And if the person said when they're filling out the form, if they've been to a hotspot or they've had, COVID-19 symptoms in the last week, it flags them and I have to authorize it. It also tells them that they will be getting their temperature checked too. Mm. And it also asks if they're a foreign national for our ITAR. So that's what originally what we get. So security, I think we've really learned how to implement higher security features at the company. The next one is leadership. I think I stepped up, not because... I wanted to. I think I had to. I think I had to really lead at a higher level to make my employees, A, feel comfortable. Because let's face it, in mid-March, it felt like the world was crashing down. No one knew what was going on. Yeah, people didn't know if they were going to have a job tomorrow. I've got young people working at my company, and I kind of feel like the father figure in some capacity where I have to protect them and calm them and make them feel like everything's going to be okay. Yep. So I feel like I stepped up as a leader of a company and as a veteran business owner to make my employees feel comfortable and feel like that they were in a safe environment. I think that's a really important thing, Jim, is, is that whole, and that was one of the points that I had written down too. And the way I kind of articulate is just the, the communication. So right. one of the things that I made sure that we're very much like our companies are like a family, like my wife and I totally. both operate them in much that same way. And we were both checking in on individuals on a regular basis. Yes. I mean, literally called every single person in our company during the height of the pandemic every week and just, how you doing? How's the family? And a lot of people had issues in their family. We talked them through it and we made sure that we were there because we are leaders. And, you know, whether you want to call it a father figure or call it just, you know, being a leader of of your team, I mean, you're with them a lot and you need to know what is going on in their heads because somebody might be 
worried about their dad that just got exposed to COVID. Right. I mean, we had some, I don't, I don't want to talk about it on the show, but I mean, we had some tough stuff that happened to some of my teammates' families associated with COVID. I mean, it's, even though you can have your opinions about it, but you know, I, we definitely saw some deaths that, and, and they were rare, but we saw some deaths that were like kind of related to people that were on my team. And that's a scary thing. So you got to check in with those people individually, check in with people as a, as a group. One of the things that I did, you know, at the very beginning, we wanted to limit the number of people that were coming in the office. Okay. And so that meant me too. Like, I didn't feel that I was an essential person <laughs> being in the <laughs> office. I mean, I'm just oh. going to be honest. Like our people that, that work in the, in the warehouse, they were essential. Your guys working in front of the machine, they're essential. You know what I mean? Like business doesn't keep going. I didn't feel like me as a leader. I didn't feel like I need my, my physical presence needed to be there first and foremost, because I trust my team to get the job done. So what I did during that time period, I was like creating like these stupid, you know, like unlisted YouTube videos on my cell phone and just sending them out of the team on a, on a regular basis during like, I didn't continue doing it, but during the height of the pandemic, just so they can see my face, hear my voice and kind of get like a unified message to the entire team. And I think that a lot of that kind of stuff kind of helped. And then another thing that we, that we implemented, Jim kind of going to that, you know, communication is we actually implemented a online platform. It's called Know Your Team. And, and essentially it brings everybody together. And every week, everybody has the, the capability to share kind of like their answer to a personal question. And then also every every week, some everybody has the opportunity to give a shout out to somebody else on the team. And it was an online platform. So everybody got to see all the different shout outs and it really kind of, yeah, I I did it for the making chips for a short period of time just to kind of like let you guys see what it was all about. Um, but like everybody, um, at the company really interacts with it still even now on a regular basis. And it's a great tool that we use for just elevating that communication in a virtual manner. (laughs) Hey Nick, you know, during that episode with Peter Eelman, before we got on Mike, when you weren't in the room at the time, he was telling me about this show with the guys, Tom Kerfus and Lonnie Love. And I know that you're a big fan of the work that they're doing. Oh, yeah. The guys at Oak Ridge are great. Do you know about this show? Do you know about the Tom and Lonnie chat show? They call it uh, TLC. I did not know that. You want to find out? Yeah. Okay. I've got Tom's phone number. Let's give him a call right now. Yeah. Get him on the line. Dr. Chips, how are you? <laughs> hey, Tom, Jason from Making Chips. How are you doing? I am fine. Good, good. Hey, so we were just talking about your new show, TLC, on IMTS Spark. And, you know, the Metalworking Nation really wants to know directly from you, what is this show all about? First of all, who's on the show? Why are they calling it TLC? Sure. Well, absolutely no problem. So it's actually uh, TLC stands for Tom and Lonnie chat and so so my uh colleague dr dr lonnie love and, and i are uh, the hosts and, and we just chat about the cool new technology coming along so that's that's kind of the scoop so tlc tom and lonnie chats i like it so what what is this new cool technology that you're that you're talking about can you give us an example sure jason so the, I mean, the bottom line is look it, it really varies from from some, some really basic things like using hybrid systems so hybrid would be a combination of additive and subtractive. I mean, really having a, a, a metal additive head in, for example, we have a couple of different five-axis machine tools. We're, we're going to talk about, yeah, how do you use those to repair dies? So a, a die comes in, it's worn, you measure it, you machine it down, you add some material to it, then you machine it to final shape, and you're done. So it goes from there. Uh, we have another one, actually, our, our first one is, is an overview on metal additive systems. Because, again, I think a lot of people haven't had an opportunity in how to 
you know, I mean, what are metal additive systems? But, you know, what are the pros and cons? Uh, one of the questions is always asked is, well, which one's going to dominate? Which one's the best one? Uh, and, you know, the answer, and I, I'm sure you've had questions on machine tools like this, well, what's the best machine tool? Uh, well, is it a lathe? Is it a mill? Horizontal? Vertical? You know, and it's really, well, it depends on what job you're trying to do. So we have some of those conversations, and it can go all the way out to using some of our, our big science tools, like, like our neutron sources, uh, to really analyze processes. Now, there, we're not going to recommend you go off and get a neutron source, but what we can do is figure out how to use your machine tools and your additive systems and, and inspection systems a whole lot better with some big science equipment. Well, that's cool. So, you know, okay, they might call me Dr. Chips around here, but I'm not truly a PhD like you. So what, what is the neutron source? Like, you know, can you, can you tell us about that in layman terms? Sure, sure. So I think we're all familiar with x-ray machines or tomography. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, we are, we're using x-ray machines. Of course, you, you can look at your bones inside yourself and so forth. But you can also do that with with parts. And particularly when you're 3D printing, you could look inside parts. Now, okay. with the x-rays is they don't penetrate nearly as far when you start to look at heavier metals like steel, like you know the stainless steels or inconels, things like that, the nickel-based super alloy. So, so the the neutron source it actually takes a neutron and, and it accelerates it down and it runs it through the part, and then we detect you know what the neutron does. So we have a detector there, and so it's like a heavy-duty X-ray, but it's not just hey I can see what's going on inside a part, but it also gives you information about the process. So we can actually 3D print you know molten metal uh, right in that neutron source, right in that beam line. And, and see how that part is solidifying. So we can watch in 3D how that part is solidifying and, and growing it accordingly. So as opposed to just looking at it from the outside, we can look at it all the way through and through. So can the average manufacturing leader really grasp what you're talking about? Is this stuff really going to be utilized in the average job shop in the future? That's what I'm wondering. Because, I mean, like, again, this stuff seems real high level, but is the average person that's, that's running a shop going to really see this technology at some point. Yeah, so I, I think the reality is, is you're not going to see a neutron source in, in somebody's shop, but the results from the neutron source, right? Basically, look, how should we tune these machines? Also take a look at chips being formed, Dr. Chips, right? Okay. We, we can see those chips being formed, you know, as they're being cut, so we can understand that material to interface. So, and, and again, that's not going to be so critical for you to say, oh, I wonder what that interface looks like. But when you have new tool designs and so forth, or, or you're looking at feeds and speeds and understanding what the right call, you know, call is on those, or even, you know, a coolant type, sure. So all of that's going to come into play. But I got to tell you, like, you know, the, the repairing dies, right? That's coming in January. Bottom line there is we're, we're using commercially available machines. We've got one on Masek, one on Bakuma, and those, uh, you know, yeah, they can directly impact the shop because you buy one of these and, and start repairing your dolls. Yeah, that definitely sounds very exciting. We we talked about that a little bit on Making Chips, and I'm looking forward to see how that really transforms the machine tool industry. And it sounds like something that really people are going to embrace either as an option or as a standard new addition to the machine tools of the future. Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the things we did look at is, is people said, well, how do you get into this? So we've even had some discussion about, well, you know, do you go off and buy a million-dollar system? Probably not. But what are the right steps? You know, you, you, you can get, you know, just add-ons for your machine where you can try this out and kind of stick your toe in the water and see what it's like. So it's not just go buy a new machine, but here's how you might go about getting into this area. Do, do you guys get into my passion is cutting tools? you get into cutting tools at all? Um, well, so, so for this particular set, you know, we're, we're looking at IoT, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, additive and so forth, so and some of the automation issues. So right now, we're not looking at, at, at the cutting tools, but again, down the road, I mean, hey, if, if there were some 
sessions where you say, hey, let's, you know, let's bring on some some interesting work and, and, and take a look at cutting tools. That would certainly be something of, of interest because, look, we're putting things down like ink and owl and so forth. And, you know, to a certain extent, you've got to be you've got to do a little bit of machining once you do the additive. So uh, all of that stuff is, is fair game. But but in the next couple of ones between now and, and uh, I think our, our final one uh, that's planned for Spark in March, we're, we're not going to be looking at uh, at cutting tools. But anytime you want to come down and, and mess around with some of our machines, we can try some cutting tools out. Let me know. Well, I may have to take you up on that. So, Tom, you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I guess for the Metalworking Nation, if they want to, you know, see the TLC show, they just need to go to imts.com, sign up for Spark and look for your program there. And I think that they're definitely going to learn something about the, the future of the metalworking industry yeah i mean i i think it's the way to go look I, you know it's not as good as going to imts i think we all know that it's just wonderful being over at imts but the reality is hey this is this is not bad and by the way it's not just the tom and lonnie chat the tlc uh, there there are a bunch of other uh, opportunities over there as well that, that you're going to hear about some from oak ridge we've got oak ridge day over there and so forth but then there you know there, there are other great opportunities so definitely go in there and look at it yep you go to you do have to sign up but, but i don't believe it costs you anything to sign up go in there and it's uh it's not again not as good as going to mccormick place and being at imts in chicago not quite you know there but boy oh boy uh, you're going to see some cool stuff that's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking my phone call, and I will hopefully see you down at Oak Ridge sometime soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jason. Take thank, care. Thank you. Bye now. I think in three words, one of the things that we did in leadership was we played more catch ball. Okay. We set more expectations. We defined expectations, I guess you could say. And then the third one is we, we gave more tools. So catch ball is something that comes from like my older brother who's been on the show a few times. It's a lean concept where you're not, it's not just like top down and how you're explaining where you're going to go. It's you're, you're passing back and forth and, and setting the vision with the people who might mm. be like beneath you on, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. a chart. Yep. And then the uh, setting of expectations we did through one of these tools that we gave, it, we created a commercial playbook. So we hired like a sales consultant to come in and it's basically a website, an online platform, similarly to what you described, but it really defines, okay, here's what we expect when you're in these different situations. And it it even had like simulations in it with actors and actresses. Oh, nice. About COVID? No, about just about sales sales oh okay gotcha so gotcha. We, we did all this stuff digitally because, because we couldn't do our sales this was summit. such a disruptor to your right. sales team so like okay in these si- simulations you'd it was kind of like one of those books where you pick your path and then it you know the book takes you in different directions choose your own adventure yeah exactly so i would be watching a video of an engineer and a buyer and they would be talking about how they're gonna work mm. with hennig or advanced Great. From, I love that. From there, it would come to us and it'd be like a multiple choice question, like, how would you handle this? What would you do? Mm-hmm. And then based mm-hmm. on what you select, you'd see it. That's really cool. So we took our mission statement of making your customers successful, and we started a commercial playbook on how do we make external customers successful, like the actual people we're selling to. And our goal is to evolve that into our internal customer, the, the colleague that you're working with, the community that we work with, the supply chain that su- that supplies us, and to expand that playbook. So it's not just a commercial thing, but it serves all of those customers that that rely on us or that okay. we rely on. So it's you know like a handbook on steroids. 
Right. And it includes the valuable tools like, hey, I saw how you handled that situation. Why don't you try that simulation and see if there's a way that you could have mm, do it? Interesting. Better. That's awesome. That's really cool. It allows us to like see where our sales people are at based on how they responded to certain sims. Oh, that's that's interesting. So as far as setting expectations, was that a response to making sure that people, especially, I guess, from a sales perspective, weren't just like sitting back at their house watching Netflix all day. I mean, because you want to be able to define that and be like, okay, things have shifted. These are my expectations now, you know, because people aren't reacting as much to client questions because maybe they're just not calling. Well, okay. So I meet with my guys every two weeks. We did an episode. I can't remember what episode it was, but we did an episode on how I manage sales. Mm -hmm. So we expect them to deliver results. It's a results-oriented profession. Of course, sales is, yes. And in order to do that, you have to build pipeline. And in order to do that, you have to have activities that would build pipeline. Right. That's kind of where the expectations were set. The simulation is like when you do get that introduction, when you do visit that customer, if they respond this way or if they pressure you in this way or if they have this objection, here's how we explain the value that we can offer. So the expectations got more to like the individual interactions instead of just grow your pipeline and produce more sales. I never want it to be said about me or my brother or anyone who's running the company that we didn't equip them with the right tools for them right. to be successful. No, that's commendable. I, I really think that's great. You, you gave them a visual thing, like a little test, and it probably got them excited because they watched something and then you said, well, what would you do? You know, And then it goes into the, the whole catch ball thing, the collaboration aspect of it. These sims were not individual exercises for every sim. We would break them out into teams and there would be like one leader of a business group and a couple regional sales guys. And it was, it was a cross-functional team and it's mm-hmm. like they would discuss amongst themselves, okay, how would you respond to that? And then that, that team would choose, okay, we're going to choose response B and then the next video would play. So it was a really fun and I think really helpful initiative. Nice. I like it. So Jim... I think I jumped in and explained some no, of the things you're I good. was doing. No, you're good. Were, were you finished or was there more that I, you've the, done? The, only, the, the last thing I have on my list, I wrote three things. I wrote security, I wrote leadership, and I wrote responsibility mm. because I felt that the pandemic really gave me a lot of added responsibility to keep the business running in the throughput of the company to meet our customers' delivery requirements and responsibility to keep my employees safe and informed mm-hmm. of what's really happening out there because there's a lot of noise out there, right? So we weekly, in our weekly production meetings, I added a section, which I would give weekly, I still do, I gave it yesterday, COVID updates on what the U.S. Positivity rate is what? What are the updates on vaccines? What is the Illinois positivity rate? And then Illinois is broken down into about 10, 11 different regions, I think. And you know what's happening in our region? What mitigations are being implemented for for those particular regions? And you know it's been up and down. Mm-hmm. So you just gave that to your team on a weekly basis, just so they were well informed. Well informed. Yeah. We talk about COVID weekly on a weekly basis, and maybe somebody's heard something that I haven't touched on. So I feel like I gained a little bit more an added responsibility, A, to our customers to make sure that the throughput, the delivery dates were being met and timely, B, add a responsibility that my employees were well-informed accurately on the COVID, the details of COVID and how we were 
progressing through this pandemic. So, but yeah, you know, we were lucky. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we really weren't that affected by the pandemic and, you know, we just kept going. Yeah. Just like the Ever Ready Bunny. Yeah. So, so I wasn't sure whether I was going to talk about this, but I, I know you guys know this, but I actually did test positive for COVID. So yes, we know. That's yeah, why we're I wearing your know. masks. <laughs> no, you're not wearing your mask, actually. We're six feet away from each other, though. So yeah, I, I was wondering if you were going to talk about that on the show. I was yeah. wondering, too. So kudos to you for being authentic, Jason. So I, I, test, I tested positive. Weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah, weeks and weeks ago. And I, What kind of symptoms did you have? I had a... I was a little congested. So sniffly and... Just, you know, stuffed up. Oh, stuffed up. Uh, okay. A little bit of a runny nose and okay. a little bit of a cough. So my symptoms were... No kind of, fever. No fever. No sore you throat. Never, you never at one point got a fever? Never got a fever. Wow. I, no body aches? No body aches. You never lost a sense of taste and smell? Never lost sense of taste and smell. That's I really always weird. had a high level of energy. Always. So it I was never. Yeah, I called you to check up on you, and you were like buzzing around like you normally are. I, exactly, <laughs> like he normally is. Yes, we I know. Wa- we I mean, know that characteristic well. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I have the good fortune that my parents still have a home out here, but their residence is in Florida, and so they had a vacant home. So I immediately went went to that house by myself. Quarantine. Wow. There. I quarantined there, yeah. and I just I, I literally worked like twelve hours a day. I mean, no joke. I mean, I had just had all kinds of energy. I was fine. I even exercised a couple times. You know, I put on like a, a video on YouTube. I never had to leave the house. I mean, I just cooked food for myself and, you know, I was fine. And it was honestly like, it was like a low grade cold. It was no big deal. And I, you know, I had well, the symptoms for about five days. Yeah. Wow. And you're lucky. It's you're not very the same for lucky everybody. because it's not. There's many people out there that have lost multiple family members. It affects people differently. It, yeah, it does. It does. So I always I take and I've told I've expressed this to you guys before. I take a lot of vitamin supplements on a daily basis and to I, build your immune system. Yeah, but I just always do, even like despite just before wellness. just overall wellness before 2020. And when one of the people on my team shared a kind of a supplement vitamin regimen of I think it's A and D that I ended up going on, and that was when a lot of my symptoms went away too. So, really? but it, I don't know. It, there's just so much misinformation about everything, like in the news and and everything. Well, there's nowadays. misinformation it's, because no one knows anything about no this one knows. pandemic. Yeah, it's, and it's that's one too new. And that's one of the things that you know we just have to be like really clear with everybody. But you know, one of the things I wanted to be transparent with my team too, and so I ended up getting on the phone and I called almost everybody and talked to each person individually to ask them you know, hey, this is what transpired and I just want to see, you know, like how are you feeling about this? Because, you know, I, I believe that I was the first person that that tested positive in the company. Oh, really? And, yeah. And then of when all I, people, you were the first I know, person. I know. Well, the first and only. So my question is- Where do you like, think you got it? Yeah. Why did you, why did you even get you a test? No, because like at Jim, if you would have walked into your shop, you would have taken his temperature, he would have filled out all the right. information and he would have gotten right through because right he through. didn't have a fever. Well, but if you saw me with the symptoms, you might've been like, well, he's coughing a little bit. That would have been suspect. Up. Sure. You might've been okay. suspect. Yeah. So here's what happened. I we guess were, that's true. You're you're certain. Everybody probably asks if you're congested. Yeah. So we were going to have a party at our house. And my wife was like, you know, you better get tested. People are going to come over. They're going to wonder why you're sniffling. And so I went and got tested and it was positive. So So did your wife have the party without you? No, she did not. No, because she had to quarantine at that moment too. And then my family got tested as well and they all tested negative. Oh. So... You know, I quarantined. They where tested do you think negative. You got it? No idea. I mean, have you ever had the flu or the cold? I mean, where did yes. you get it? 
from somebody that had it. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you, yeah, I mean, like, you know, who knows? That's, I know. That's the whole problem, you know? Yeah, exactly. So wow. I don't know. Well, we're glad you're here. Safe, yeah. Healthy. Thank you're you. alive. Yeah. I'm, I'm still buzzing. Yeah, still buzzing, baby. I you mean, better like, thank the Lord that it didn't get any worse because, again, there's so many people are suffering from I it. I know, and I feel very we bad. We see the numbers every night on TV, and it's really disheartening, quite It frankly. is. It is. But you know what? Just because you have it doesn't mean that you're going to die from it. And I guess it's just another, unfortunately, it's another thing that we have to worry about from a, from a virus standpoint. But it's not like it's the first virus that we've ever had to deal with. No. With that, I hope that, you know, the metalworking nation has maybe learned a couple tips and tricks and maybe they've been reassured that just because you get COVID doesn't mean that it's the end. And I hope that everybody knows how to deal with this effectively in their companies, because I have a feeling that even though a vaccine has just come out, I have a feeling that this is not going to be the end of this type no. of reaction to no. this type of viral situation. And we need to learn as leaders how we lead our teams and act as that father or mother figure, like in my wife's case, to our teams and make sure that we're nurturing their health and well-being, as well as making sure that they're a good part of the team. I think it was vision. a wake-up call on the human race to practice better hygiene. You yeah. know what I mean? I've always practiced good hygiene. We I mean, know, you guys know. Oh, we know. My God. How funny let's, is it that let's, the ultimate germaphobe is the I know. only one who can No, I, I mean, Nick, I know. that is like really weird that of all people got it heated. But he, he was he in washes the hand sanitizer hand. before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we sell it. So, you know, I had it everywhere. So... <laughs> So yeah, we were sell. I mean, we've been selling Gojo hand sanitizer it just goes for a to long show time. You. It just yeah, goes I know to show it. You. It is kind of interesting, but like I said, you just need to figure out how to lead through these situations, put a plan together, and make sure that you're you're constantly just leading your team well and communicating with them because this is not going to be the last that we hear of you know these COVID COVID reactions. Well, if you're not safe and secure, if your whole company's in quarantine, you're not, not making, making chips. chips. If you're, you're not, not making chips, you're, you're not, not making, making money. money. Bam. Bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that Jardinera is yummy. But it, oh, wait, no. That's not what we're doing, is it? Yeah, you're in the Chicago mindset. You're going to have to start over. Okay, I'll start over. Sorry. Five, four, three, two, one. I actually really do like Jardinera, though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So, Jim, I know that you love me. and I do. And I'm a valued supplier to Car Machine and Tool. You're our biggest cutting tool supplier. So, Jim, what's my grade? Well, you know, Pro Shop rates our vendors based on every... It's a live, real-time... Rating schedule from one to five. And let me look. Zengers, you're a five. You're at the top of your list. Five out of five. Five right. out of five. Overall quality, packaging quality, lead time, pricing, customer service. And then it averages all of those out. Got it. So what's the purpose of having a grade anyway for your, for your vendors? Because part of having a quality management system wants to know that you're rating your suppliers 
all the time because you don't want to deal with a supplier that's subpar, right? It affects your overall quality. If you're shipping me cutting tools that are late or the wrong size, it's going to impact our customer's delivery, right? So it gives you the ability to have a conversation with your suppliers and say, I need you to make these improvements because of this certification that I have. 100%. That's great. Well, for more information on this, go to ProShopERP.com and check it out.